Good afternoon, everybody. This is the Reverend Blake Ruby from San Antonio. How are you? Welcome to my show, The Church of the Soul's Evolution. I'm looking out here behind my backyard, and the sun is setting. It's a beautiful day, a little bit chilly. It's a bit windy, too. And I love it. You know, I know up north, temperatures are quite colder than they are here in San Antonio. I was born and raised in Canada. I was born in Barrie, lived in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Oromocto, and Fredericton, New Brunswick, and Ottawa, Canada. And I know around this time of the year, you can expect a lot of cold weather and snow until about May. That's when it really starts getting warmer, you know, and snow leaves the ground. Up to about September, and then it starts getting cold again, so it's a very short summer up there. But anyway, I usually like to go impromptu when I have my show. I don't prepare anything too much. Sometimes I do, but most times I don't. I just like to say things that have been on my mind, talk about them. It's an art to be able to talk for an hour, which is a great thing, really, especially if you're interested in public speaking. To have your own show, I know there's a lot of other people who have their own shows on BBS Radio. It is an art to be able to talk for an hour, if you don't have any guests, that is, and just go from one subject to the other. It has benefited me in ways I'm pretty sure of ever since I've been doing this for over six years now. One thing I wanted to talk about was Mr. Trump. As you know, if you've heard my show before, I talk about anything from spirituality to extraterrestrial phenomena to what's going on in my life, current events, politics, religion, whatever. And I've been seeing what's been happening recently in the news about Mr. Trump. And I voted for him back in 2020. One reason I voted for him was because I thought that he got treated unfairly during his presidency with the Russia collusion. I guess if you're a lifelong Democrat or a lifelong Republican, you're going to be unswayed one way or the other. You know, it'd be almost impossible to try to convince somebody to change their mind. And now I see as we're coming up upon this next election soon, just a few months away, I wonder if it'll be the same numbers as far as total people voting, you know, Mr. Biden won by about 6 million votes. And uh, so I wonder if those 6 million people are still going to vote, carry the vote for Mr. Biden, if you know what I mean, whoever they are. But just as I think he was being mistreated back then, you know, with the Russia collusion and uh, Steele dossier and also the two impeachments, which I thought were unfair, that call to... Mr. Zelensky, uh, I didn't see anything wrong with it, you know. The fact is that if the Republicans had been running the House back then, it wouldn't have happened. Either impeachment wouldn't have happened. But that's, that's the political system right now that we're a part of. And now, with all these court cases that's going against Mr. Trump, and I have to tell you, that I've dreamed about Mr. Trump three times. And the last time, I had a very strange dream. I wonder if you could interpret it. 
As you might have heard, if you've listened to any of my previous shows, I'm a vegetarian. I don't eat meat. I haven't eaten meat for about 25 years. And in my dream, and this is the third dream of three, the most recent one, I sat down next to him at a table, and on my plate, I can't remember what, there was one item, and the other item was like a ham hock or a piece of meat on a bone. And very strangely, I sat down, I picked up that bone with the meat on it, and I started to eat it. And he was sitting to my right, and he said, that belongs to somebody else, like Joe Collins, or I forget the name. I think he mentioned the name. And so I put it down, and I said, well, I won't eat any more. And he said, okay. And that was it. That was a pretty strange dream, bizarre, you know. I can't figure it out. I haven't figured it out yet. But one thing I know is that, in my opinion, we're all entitled to our own opinions, right? What's going on now, that money he had to pay for that woman that, that he said, they say that he sexually harassed or sexually assaulted. I thought that was unfair. $500 million or thereabouts. It all comes down to who's telling the truth, you know? Like with Mr. Kavanaugh. When he was appointed as a Supreme Court justice, that woman came on television and told her story, how he had sexually assaulted her, and yet they didn't believe her. And he continued to be nominated to the Supreme Court. Well, that woman, I'm not much one... I mean, I can judge people's body language and I have my own intuitions and instincts on who's telling the truth and who isn't. Just like when O.J. Simpson was on trial, you know, back then he was found innocent in a federal court, right? I met him a long time ago in San Diego and I was working at a hotel. A nicer guy you'll never meet. But was he lying? I don't think so. Yet, because our system is the way it is, they were allowed to file a lawsuit against him in the civil court system. And he had to pay a whole bunch of money, and then his life kind of went downhill from there. I have my own ideas about what happened with O.J. Simpson. I'm getting off on a a tangent here, but it's all related, if you'll stick with me. So I mentioned that I met O.J. Simpson. It was just for a brief time. I was working at a hotel at the Bellman back in the 70s. And I was in the lobby of the high-rise building with my Bellman card. I think I was going up to help somebody with their luggage. And he comes around the corner and, like, Back then, he was doing the commercials for Hertz, you know, running through the airport with his briefcase. And kind of like that, he came upon me, and it was just me and him. And I looked at him, and he looked at me, and I said, hi, how are you? He said, hi. I think he shook my hand. Just for a few moments, 
Sometimes that's all it takes, you know, when you have those initial impressions of people. But more than that, you know, if you really wanted to know later on if he was guilty, I always thought, I learned this from somebody who interviewed him afterwards and wrote an article in a magazine that hold your judgment on somebody until you get a chance, which might never happen, but if you could sit down and talk with them for 15 minutes at least, ask them all the questions that you want, then you might change your mind, you know? And that's the way it was with that person who was going into that interview thinking that he was guilty. And she came out, she wasn't, couldn't say definitively that he had cleared her mind that he wasn't guilty, but her opinion was kind of shifted a little bit more towards the, like he didn't do it. And like with Mr. Trump, I've always thought that he was an honest person. He came across to me that way. And you know how mean the political system is there, you know? One administration gets into power and automatically the next administration is on their backs, at their throats, trying to knock them down. That's not any way to be, you know? We as good Christians... You know, I'm, I call myself a Christian, but more than that, as a good human being, I, I know that that kind of behavior is not really conducive to my soul's evolution, if you will, my spiritual development. You know, compromise is always a better thing. You know, our founding fathers had that vision, I think, of a, a union of pe- people living in peace and harmony and in the pursuit of happiness and justice, but the competition just gets so fierce nowadays, you know, it's the same in professional sports too, like in the Super Bowl or the World Series, you know, competition is a game, but it turns out it's a game there. We, the people, deserve better from our politicians, you know, who are more embroiled in their competition than looking after the welfare of we, the people. And our leaders also, you never know, and it's going to continue. You just watch later on this year when I'm assuming that Mr. B- Mr. Biden will be the nominee for the Democrats and Mr. Trump for the Republicans. Watch what happens. Um, some, they're going to be accusing each other of lying, and you never know. You won't know who's telling the truth. Well, they can do fact checks, you know, but that, there's not a really accurate way of finding out for sure because you really know when, don't know where the facts are coming from. I can tell, tell you, give you facts about the universe, you know, and this and that and talk about galaxies and neutron stars and all this information that may or not be, may or may not be 100% true. So the point is, we are left to decide for ourselves what's true and what isn't true. And that is very applicable to our world in general, not only with politics, but in all facets of our lives. We are in a world of confusion. It's like that song, song Land of Confusion by Genesis. It says there's too many people making too many problems and not enough love to go around. 
Why can't we just get along? Why can't we make friends with the Russians? Why can't we be friends with North Korea? Why can't we be friends with Iran? Are we heading down a path to where we will ultimately destroy ourselves with what weaponry we have at the time? All these wars popping up. There's a war in Ukraine. Hundreds, thousands of people killed in Israel. My friends, are things getting any better? We have to break away from that curse of war and killing in this world. And it begins with telling the truth. Just sitting down with our fellow human beings, saying what's on your mind. Now, I mean, there are points where you can, you don't have to spill your whole gut, so to speak, you know, bury your soul. You are entitled to your Fifth Amendment. And some things are better left unsaid, but I might be wrong, you know. With politics and with Mr. Trump, as I mentioned, I'm more inclined to believe him than, say, that lady who claimed that he sexually assaulted her. I think there was a a bit of mutual consent there between them. You know, she didn't cause any ruckus. Um, she didn't raise her voice or scream. You know, at that time, they're in this, what, changing room at this, at Macy's, I think it was. And yet now they're, she's got a, a claim for $500 million a decision, court decision, jury decision for $500 million in that civil lawsuit today, or was it yesterday, $345 million for fraud in New York. I guarantee you none of this would be happening if the Republicans were in power, their administration was in power. But that's, I know, not the point. The point is that the Republicans and the Democrats are going at each other. You know, it's a game. It's a competition back and forth. Why can't we just be on the same sheet of music? Why can't we just live as Americans and do the right thing, you know, have the politicians look after we, the people, all this money that we spend over around the world and, you know, the aid that they want to to go to Ukraine, you know, thank God that Mr. Putin isn't uh, a person that loses his temper a lot, you know, because all they would have to do is push the nuclear button and launch all those nuclear missiles over there in Russia. Why can't people understand that, you know? When Mr. Trump was president, she reached out to Mr. Putin, and they were friends. And I don't think this Ukraine war would be going on now, but that's just the nature of competition and politics, you see. Even war is not limited within the scope, it's not limited to the scope of competition, if you know what I mean. Same thing with Israel might might not have happened. Whoever financed those Hamas people, and that's another thing behind the whole scheme of things, too, is money. You know, a lot of these fighters, um, Islamic fighters or whoever they are, the Hamas or Hezbollah or whatever cool name they give themselves, you know, they are usually very poor people trying to live day by day and get enough food for them and their families, you know, and sometimes it involves maybe killing to get that food. And how much different are we? You know, we're soldiers 
who are soldiers in the United States or other countries around the world. They're paid to do their country's battles, and they go off to fight, and they don't question. They take the money, and they go do what they're told to do, whether it's bombing North Vietnam, you know, like the B-52s that went over there and dropped thousands of bombs killing people down below in North Vietnam. And so it goes on. But I think one thing that really stands between the Republicans and Democrats getting together and being on that same sheet of music, so to speak, is the subject of abortion. More than anything else, more than climate change, in my opinion, climate change is real. It makes sense to me. It's logical that we are polluting the atmosphere with our cars, and I'm as guilty as anyone else, although I've got a four-cylinder engine and my little 16 Camry. And the other things that we might that might divide us without um, going into any of them in depth you know, as to what they are, the main thing that divides us, in my opinion, is abortion. The Republicans say that abortion is murder. You kill a baby, that's murder. You know, abortion is murder. Yet women say that they want to be able to have control of their own bodies. I see both sides of the coin. I wonder if the mother and father God in heaven what they say about the subject of abortion or the supreme creator of the universe. And as an evolved soul, and if you listen to my previous shows, I talk about the supreme creator and that plan he put into effect all those billions of years ago when the physical universe began forming itself, one solar system after a time and after another, and one galaxy after another. And here we are in the spiral arm of the Milky Way galaxy, which is a relatively new galaxy compared to the other galaxies that were created before us. And here we are. And part of that plan, besides the, the three forces of the universe, one, the first force that created the planets and the moons and the stars, the suns, and the second force that created all the plant and animal life, the third force that created all the sentient life, around the universe, and you know there's other beings out there. There's so many variations of humanoid species out there, it'll boggle your mind, my friends. So if you're following me right now, then you're probably a soul that's been around, you know, with a few past lives under your belt, so to speak. The fourth force is the the force that where the Supreme Creator put a piece of his, herself, because the Supreme Creator is both male and female, we live in a universe of male and female, into a being, those sentient beings, which is called the spirit and the soul. And again, part of that plan was for there to be co-creator gods. We can never be the Supreme Creator, but we can be like the Supreme Creator and have knowledge of all those cosmic forces and powers that are out there waiting for us to controlled by knowledge of how to do that. You know, the words that you use to create a planet or the words that you use to create a star or the words that you use to create spirit children or the words that you use to create matter of any type, you know, whether it's trees or fire or water, earth, words. It's like the Bible says, in the beginning was a word. That's why it behooves us 
to use our words wisely. It all begins with our thinking, but then when we speak, we've got to be careful. You can either create or destroy with your words. I was listening to some people on television. Um, my stepdaughter, she listens to some of these African-American, no, she's African-American. Um, no, I don't want to get into maybe going down that road, that path, talking about who does the most swearing, but she watches this one channel. Suffice it to say, you know, and I'm not biased in any way, that this one particular channel has these actors, both black and white, who like to swear a lot. Just about every second word that comes out of the mouth is, uh, you know, a swear word, either S-H or F-U, if you know what I mean. And when you use swear words with mean intent, even acting, I think. And I do it a little bit myself, just joking around. I usually always apologize to God for doing it when I do do it, because you're not creating it. More than anything, you're destroying with those types of words. I mean, they're, they cut like a knife. They can. They can be very painful. I mean, you got to be careful. We have to be careful using our words. Anyway, back to Mr. Trump. So I've had these dreams about him. To me, he's like an older brother, you know, and I love him in a way. I love Mr. Biden, too, and I pray for Mr. Biden all the time. And now changing the subject again to abortion. Now, for the women out there, I know it's a difficult decision when they have to decide whether or not to have an abortion. One side of me says, well, I think abortion is justifiable if... You know, in cases of incest or rape or maybe the mother's life is being endangered. You know, as she goes to full term, you know, the baby sometimes could endanger the life of the mother. And in that case, you know, I'm totally for abortion, but otherwise not, because that is a human being just like you listening to my show right now. Just like me, all these people who I know who weren't aborted, weren't miscarried, who made it, were born into this world and are living human beings, breathing air, and living from day to day. And eventually, you know, we will die and return back to the place we came from, which is the spirit realms. And there's so many different ones. You know, I was listening to a guy on YouTube yesterday about his experience going to hell and apparently there's a lot of people going to hell nowadays and this guy was in a Chicago gang he got shot twice and he went down 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 I've said it before I've done a lot of research hell God's jail in other words is down in the center of the earth amidst all of the fire down there, you know, because there's molten lava, because we have an iron core in the center of our planet. But before I go into that a bit more in detail, back to the subject of abortion. Do you remember the movie Heaven is for Real? Well, in that movie, the boy has a near-death experience. And one of the things, besides meeting his grandfather, was he met, a sister, he met his sister. And so later on, the sister was miscarried. And later on, when he talked with his mother, he said something like, Hey, Mom, you know, I, 
I didn't know I had a, a sister, and, and he was only like three years old, so he couldn't really express himself properly. What he meant to say, I didn't know I had another sister, because he had a sister who was a couple of years older than him. And his mother said, well, yes, you do have a sister. Her name is, I forget what the name is, but he said, no, I, I have another sister. I met her when I was in heaven. She came up to me and started hugging me. And she said she died in your tummy. So and my mother had a miscarriage too. Miscarried children have a spirit and a soul living inside that human body, just like you have a spirit and a soul living in your body right now. At one point during the nine-month pregnancy, the spirit and soul comes in. It can come in right at the beginning or it can come in right at the end or at any point in between from my research. Have you done a lot of research on that? Well, if you haven't, please defer to my research because I am interested in things like that. And we all went through it. As living, breathing human beings, at one point, our spirits and our souls entered our mother's body into the baby that was inside the womb. So more than murder of a baby, a human being, is taking away that opportunity for a soul and a spirit to come into this world and live their life. Now, for rape and incest, you know, I can understand, even though if they were allowed to remain in the baby until full term, that spirit and soul would come into that particular baby, and as probably has happened many times before in the past, a woman who has been raped, the baby has been born and perhaps was meant to be born. But that's another subject. I guess the point I was making is, in most cases of rape or incest, or the mother's life being endangered, it's justifiable, I think, in the long run, to have an abortion. Or let me rephrase that, it's justifiable to have an abortion. And so thinking back to that baby, that was miscarried and went to heaven and hugged a little sister about maybe the, they grow in heaven too, by the way. So, and some are already old souls that have been around the universe, you know, being born on different planets, having different lives. So that particular sister that he hugged in the spirit realm in heaven, she um, came to him as a young girl, maybe about age five, who was not a baby, obviously, you know, that grew to that size while they're in heaven, apparently. Maybe it was a, a young, uh, beginning soul, for the, that might have been her first life, you know. But they're created, the spirits and souls are actually created there in heaven, you know, in the spirit realms by the mother and father God. You know how that happens. You don't forget the word, but I told you what I said about the word. That is all so important, even in the spirit realm, because that's how 
Things are created. Now, there, in the spirit realm or heaven, the physical voice doesn't exist, obviously. You know, telepathy is the mode of communication, but still the word continues on, even though you don't have a physical voice in Larnix to speak the word. But when you get to heaven and you see the first person you meet, whether it's an angel or a deceased relative or somebody that's been there for hundreds or thousands of years, you'll be able to communicate with them telepathically. And maybe their mouth will be working too, you know. Um, it's a, suffice to say, a slightly different form of communication than here on Earth, but very similar. So that young girl came up to Colton Burple, was the young boy's name, and hugged him and said, I died in, in our mummy's tummy. Well, if that can happen for a miscarried child, then it could also be applicable to abortions. In other words, the spirit and soul of a... Well, let me rephrase that. A spirit and soul can come into that body in a mother's womb, and that spirit and soul can also look through the mother's eyes and feel what the mother's feeling. And mothers also, as a side note here, please don't smoke or drink alcohol when you're pregnant because that can ruin the development or interfere with the development of the fetus so that that might not come out as um, just like in Happy Feet, you know, with the penguins. The father penguin lets the egg come out from underneath his body and it's exposed to the cold, and as a result, the penguin inside the egg doesn't develop fully. So that's the word I was looking for. Fully, a fully developed fetus might not happen if a mother smokes or drinks alcohol. And so a mother has a lot of responsibility for that fetus inside her. I think more than anything, my friends, and, and I know this is a pretty contentious subject, Women really don't care about whether abortion is murdering a baby or not. Women just want their equal rights, which they've been working on for such a long time. And it's understandable, very understandable that they feel that way because they've been discriminated against for so long and they're still being discriminated all over the world against, you know, especially in the Middle East where they're treated like dogs, you know. It's unbelievable a mother who has a baby, a baby boy, who grows up to abuse her, mistreat her, because she's a woman, is not a man, in my opinion, over there. But I don't want to say anything that, let me rephrase that, because I don't want to put those thoughts out into the atmosphere, because we got to love each other, even if they're Iranian or in the Middle East, those, those guys, they're they're off on a different tangent, you know, usually because they don't have a lot of money over there. You look at the annual income, average annual income for Iranians or Iraqis or whatever Middle Eastern country. It's a lot less than here in the United States and Canada and England and other wealthy countries around the world. So I understand how a mother feels. I, I know it's a really tough decision sometimes to make, but as long as they have a 
a greater knowledge of what's going on inside them, you know, to realize that when they get pregnant, and we're evolving as this whole process here in the United States and around the world. It's a slow process to evolve and understand things. There's a lot of information we have yet to learn and grasp and grow in that regard. Spirituality is a subject that hasn't really gotten a lot of attention, hasn't really taken hold yet as we move into the future. You know, people are more concerned about religion and all these different religions in the world. You know someone's not telling the truth, right? I heard a woman give a speech the other day. I was at a Toastmasters contest, I mean, a meeting. We had a contest today, but there was this meeting last Tuesday. I'm going to take a drink. And she talked about Adam and Eve in her speech. And I'm sorry, I'm way beyond Adam and Eve as being real, like it really happened. To me, it's a myth, it's fantasy. The first people on Earth were from another planet in our Milky Way galaxy. Adam and Eve supposedly lived in this Garden of Eden, and they were with God. And God, the omnipotent and omniscient God, told them that they couldn't eat from the Tree of Life. The omniscient God knew that they were going to disobey him, and the omniscient God didn't see in advance that they would disobey him. No, I don't think so. He knew, if that story was true, that they would disobey him, her. And God is always a he in the Bible, no mention of Mother God. That's part of a lower evolutionary way of thinking. But anyway, so they partook of the tree of life. Eve took the first bite and gave it to Adam, and then the omniscient and omnipotent God got very angry, apparently, because they disobeyed him, her, and kicked him out to the garden, and the serpent that was there was told that he had to crawl on his life for the rest of, of for eternity. And so not only did God not foresee that they were going to do it, if you think that omniscient God would be able to look into the future and see that they would disobey him and eat the fruit, then why tempt them in the first place to do that? And then why condemn them to an eternity of pain and suffering until Jesus came, apparently, and set us free of our sins because of that? Why, why, not, why did God do it in the first place if he needed someone later on to come and save people from making that sin, from that, making that mistake? doesn't make sense. And why she talked about a woman created from Adam's rib. Why would God need to take a rib from the man and make a woman out of it? That doesn't make any sense either. But some people have that way of thinking. I mean, I would have said something, but I'm beyond that. You know, I listen. I'm interested to hear where people are, where they're at in their way of thinking, in their evolution. You know, we're all at our different points of evolution in our soul's journey, you know. If that's your mindset, that's okay. I think maybe at one time I was like that, too. You know, they followed the Bible word for word. They believe 100% of the Bible. I don't 
by now believe 100% of the Bible, believe just like about maybe 90% of it. There's some things I don't agree with because there's not enough detail. There aren't enough details in there to convince me otherwise. You know, Moses parting the Red Sea. Some people just take that for granted, don't even give it much thought. They don't realize that, just read the book, Chariots of the Gods. There was extraterrestrial intervention in our past here on Earth many thousands of years ago. Moses couldn't have parted the Red Sea without help from extraterrestrials because with their technology and their manipulation of matter and having these different kinds of beams, like uh, tractor beams, anti-gravity, electromagnetic beams, it would be an easy feat to part a sea or an ocean, you know, temporarily and allow them to pass through. And contrary, according to my research, contrary to what the Bible says, the Pharaoh didn't relent on his word and chase after him and follow them into the area in that Red Sea that was parted and then have the, the sea fall back and kill him, all of his men, following the, the Jewish people as they were leaving Egypt. That didn't happen. And there's so many things I could talk about in the Bible that I don't agree with. And Jesus, though, when you think about Jesus and all the miracles that he performed, my friends, I've said this before in other shows in the past, he wouldn't have been able to perform all those miracles without the assistance of a spaceship up above. When you really think about it, feeding all those people on the Sermon on the Mount, over 5,000, having a couple of fish and a couple of loaves of bread, well, up above, Matter transformation, you know, they have that beam technology, just like in Star Trek. You know, these extraterrestrial civilizations that are out there that you're not aware of, that I am aware of, have technology that is millions and millions of years, millions of years in advance of our own. That's a very simple technological feat there, replicating fish or bread. It's a matter of knowing that very smallest molecules, down to the smallest molecule, which we haven't done yet, apparently, matter transformation. And walking on the water, very simple, you know, up above, like a tractor beam holding Jesus while he appeared to walk on the water. He didn't actually walk on the water. Very good technology, that's all it was. Raising Lazarus from the dead, very simply, you know, he was getting sick, close to dying. Under the cover of night, some extraterrestrial beam into his room, administer a drug which lowers the heartbeat to where it's almost undetectable, but still keeping him alive. The people thought he was dead. They buried him, put him in the tomb. They beam back into the tomb. They beam into the tomb. Three days later, just before Jesus tells him to roll back the stone and say, Lazarus, come forth, and they administer another chemical or some kind of um, medical, how would you put it, with some medical technology that would, kind of like an uh, anti to what they administered before, to bring his heart back online and, and get him back alive, if you will, and so that when Jesus told him to come forth, he came forth, and then all the people looked at each other like, you know, completely shocked. It would have been amazing to see their faces, you know? 
But Jesus, he knew this. He knew what had happened, and still people were suspicious of Jesus, and maybe rightly so, because he was utilizing knowledge and technology that were millions of years in advance of what was that existed back then. Turning water into wine, very simple matter transformation, you know, just the beam on that water from up above. Or, or someone that was surreptitiously moving among the crowd had some kind of device like they did in Star Trek, you know, these transporter um, devices or some kind of really cool technology just zap the water these in those six barrels or whatever, how many there were, change it to wine, pure matter transformation, easy, very simple feat for these advanced extraterrestrial civilizations. Anyway, I can go over all the other miracles. Now, you might say, no, I don't believe that. Well, you're entitled to your opinion. That's fine. I'm just putting it out there because we need to know the truth, you know. The same with abortion, too. If, if women had a more knowledgeable perspective on the soul and the spirit that enters their body, then maybe they wouldn't abort children as much, especially as they have in the past, you know. But since that is all over with, naturally we're living in the eternal present moment of now, but the future or tomorrow will be here, you know. But it's always the eternal present as far as God is concerned. But for us, you know, the sun sets and the sun rises, you know, the world spins on its axis, we revolve around the sun. There's really no time. You get into these other dimensions, and going back to that man I was telling you about who got shot twice by this gang member, he said that he fell backwards, you know, he got shot point-blank range, and he said he felt himself, though, strangely, falling forward, even though he was falling backwards, down, down, down into this dark, dark tunnel. And it is the most vividly accurate, vivid, accurate description of hell that I've ever heard. If you Google it or check it out on YouTube, this guy, he's an African-American guy. He is super intelligent. You know, he, he changed his life around. He believes in God. I think he's um, Christian. And he said he was going down, falling down this tunnel, and he could hear the the demonic voices, you know, the laughter as he was getting closer to hell, which is down towards the center of the earth, you know, in that area, as I mentioned, where there's cavernous areas that are filled with lava and the the smell is terrible. Now, you're in the spirit when this happens, the spirit, and he described very nicely what the spirit is like you know you have the five senses now and you still have the five senses when you're in the spirit but they're more acute you're more aware and the spirit body you have the spirit body it's very similar to the physical body but it's different because it's light it's mobile you know it it can move quickly um, from one place to another, 
rapidly or in conventional mode in the slower way. But for him, he was falling down when he got there to the, the ground. He smacked the ground and they looked around and, and he noticed that there were demons everywhere, different kinds of demons. And they're reptilian looking with yellow eyes or red eyes and some 13 feet tall, some like about maybe a foot tall or less and deformed, you know, with different shaped arms and legs and their specific purpose. And these are, this is for all the people in the world who commit murder or rape or sexual abuse or physical abuse. The non-believers in God, it's possible they could go there too. People that maybe um, were gossipers or or sexually promiscuous, you know, basically people that didn't believe in God and the universe or hardly ever thought about that or Jesus or the, the life of Jesus, which is the study of Jesus. There is no more noble pursuit in the world than the study of the life of Jesus, my friend. But these demons, their specific purpose is to torture these souls that get sent there because of the sins that they have done, you know? And I don't care what anybody says, there is no eternal damnation. It is a rehabilitation. Take that from me. If anything, it's my opinion, but that gives you a little bit of hope, doesn't it? In case you go there, you know it's not for eternal eternity. And he said he saw a couple of demons, this one woman who was um, a gossiper, and they were stretching her mouth, like pulling it. And, you know, the the spirit body has a, a different kind of flexibility than the physical body. And he said they were pulling her, two of them were grabbing her jaw and her mouth and pulling it wide, opening it, and putting hot lava down her throat and jabbing her neck and her body with spears and laughing on maniacal laughing, you know. I mean, these demons have no love, no mercy at all. They have a purpose, and they do that purpose very well, you know. They are intended to terrorize and shock a person who's in need of that serious rehabilitation. And there are people like Hitler or Stalin, Saddam Hussein, just to give you the names of some people, so you know just how evil some people can be, right? And how how much they need that kind of rehabilitation, right? You understand that now? How some people really need that kind of taken care of, you know, to be taken care of in that way to rehabilitate them because you know some people are pretty bad, right? There's a lot of bad people in the world, like the Hamas people, when they attacked the Israelis. You know, some of the stuff that they did, ripping a pregnant woman open and cutting the baby's head off. Now, that's pretty bad, don't you think? That, that's what I mean. That's the kind of behavior that will send somebody to hell when they die. And they will die eventually. There's no escaping from it. Even if they repent, if they repent at the last moment, it might help them, you know. But more than that, he said he saw another woman who was promiscuous in her life on Earth. You know, sexually used to sleep around with a lot of lot of men. 
and I guess he didn't believe in God. He said that there were some demons performing some sexual acts on her that he couldn't describe. It was so shocking to him. He didn't even want to try to explain in words what he saw. And then there were people in pits. And he said some of these people were looked, I mean, they'd been in there for a while, and, and there were the flesh was just falling off their bones, you know, because that's what the spirit looks like in the afterlife, you know. And the worms, there's huge worms in heaven that are crawling through your flesh and getting to your bones and, and the smell and the, the heat. I mean, the, the heat, even though you're in the spirit body, you can still feel the heat. And there's fire everywhere. And then he said... Uh, there was also cages like jailed cells all the way up the this cliff of, because he was in like a huge cavernous area. Like, I mean, this, like more than a stadium, you know, just huge. I mean, it's at the center of the earth, you know, so you can imagine just a tremendously large area there. And then all the way up these cliffs were these cells where people were being, um, in these cells, you know, um, incarcerated in these cells, being tormented by demons, tortured by demons. There's snakes everywhere going around inflicting bites, spiders, bugs, and then the laughing and the evil, terrible laughing, you know, no love, no hope, no light, except for the light of the lava, the fire there people actually in the lava beds. And then he said he saw like a, a desolate forest, like a, a like if, if you can imagine a forest fire and afterwards what it looks like. And he saw some people going towards the gates of hell that were chained, chained together. And I believe that's true, my friends. If you're interested, check that out on YouTube. Uh, Chicago gang member, goes to hell. It is so interesting. And he didn't make that up. Why would he make that up? He was shot twice, okay? That's a fact. So, if you think he made it up, then watch out. You might go to hell, too. You know what I'm saying? I don't mean to be rude, but that's the way I interpret it. You know, some people, they... There's a lot of people that are, in other words, my friends, there's a lot of people who are going to hell nowadays. It's unfortunate. But in my opinion, it's not eternal damnation, it's rehabilitation. Eventually, you'll get released and you'll continue your soul's journey. But why not instead graduate from this existence by believing in the supreme creative universe? All you have to do is go out there in your backyard tonight, look up at the stars. And you know there's life out there, because those stars wouldn't be there if there wasn't life. Just think, stars, life, life, stars, life elsewhere in the universe, stars, stars, life elsewhere in the universe. And just say it. Say a prayer to the supreme creator of the universe. Do me a favor. Do that, please. Just do it for the Reverend Blake Ruby. I guarantee you, you'll hear a response. Like never before, like praying to the Father God in the Bible, even though the Father God exists and the Mother God exists too. You know, they're co-creator gods of this solar system, just like there are co-creator gods of other solar systems out there who live on the sun, which is the spirit world, because the spirit 
is made of light energy, billions of electrons. So the spirit can live in fire. That's why down in hell, they can live in fire, but it's a different kind of fire. You want to make it to that beautiful fire up there in the sky, which is the fire of God, that is preferable to down below the surface of the earth, is it not? Don't you think? If you think it's a far stretch to believe what I'm saying, and I'm out there in right field, you're entitled to your opinion, your opinion. That's the bottom line, right? But nowadays, we don't know. We're not guaranteed the next five seconds, right? You know that. You can get on the highway. And there's a lot of people dying on the highway each day, all around the United States, all around the world. There's other ways you can die, too, on Earth. I'm not trying to be morbid, but my point is tomorrow is not guaranteed for any of us. So you got to get this right. The time to start, if you don't have it right, is now. And you can do it, you know. I learn from other people. You can learn from me. Does that make sense? Is that reasonable? I've learned from other people. I've read their books. I've learned. My reality system has been bolstered, has been fortified, strengthened by the teachings of other people. We need each other. We can't do this alone. You might think you're a loner. But we're dependent upon each other in this society. Even the car we drive is made by people, you know? We don't, you might not have the slightest idea on how an engine is put together or how it works, but yet still you drive the car, you're dependent upon somebody else. So why not take my advice, go back, as I was saying, going back to what I was saying, pray to the Supreme Creator of the universe. You don't need an intermediary. You don't need Jesus. You don't need even the mother and father God. Pray instead to the creator of the universe. And he, she, it, will communicate back to you like never before. I do it all the time. I I know exactly what the Supreme Creator says back to me, just about. And the Supreme Creator of the universe, my friends, is cool. Cool like you'll never understand. We can... It's hard to understand, to put it that way. Uh, Cool to the nth degree. It's so cool that you would just love the Supreme Creator right away. And the Supreme Creator is omniscient and omnipotent. The Supreme Creator knows everything. Just imagine that. He, she, it knows everything. And if you want to learn a little bit more about the Supreme Creator, Go into YouTube, type in NDE for near-death experience, creator of the universe, Donna Ribodeau, R-E-B-A-D-O-W. Had a near-death experience. She drowned. She really, really, really drowned. She really, really, really drowned. And she had this experience. So check it out. Learn for yourself. The Supreme Creator is like an aurora borealis electrical field, a being omnipotent omniscient. All right, my time is through, my friends, while it has flown by. Thank you so much for listening. I love you. Pray to the Supreme Creator, please. Talk to you next week. God willing. Bye-bye.